Welcome back for episode 16 of Self-Signed Artist. As musicians and creatives, many of us share one thing in common, an unspoken feeling that we hope nobody else will notice. We feel a little bit like a fraud. In this episode, we're talking about imposter syndrome in the music business and how to get past it. You're listening to Self-Signed Artist, the podcast that helps independent musicians run their brand like a business. Now, your hosts, Kobe Nelson and Jake Mannix. How's it going, everybody? I'm Kobe Nelson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jake Mannix. Hey, hey, hey. Or maybe we're both imposters. I guess we'll never know for sure. I feel like I am. <laughs> I definitely feel like I am too. That's why we're here talking about this today. <laughs> what have you had going on this week? Anything good? Oh man, just a bunch of same stuff I've been doing for the last four months, you know? <laughs> well, I guess that's good. Yep. <laughs> I mean, at least stuff is happening, so. Yeah. How about you? Anything cool? This weekend, I went on a big hike up in the White Mountains in New Hampshire with my dad. Did a backpacking trip around a, a big loop called the Pemi Loop, Pemi Gowasset Loop. It's like 30 miles about and like 9,000 feet of elevation gain over the course of the whole thing. So it was a tough hike. Wow. Did you guys sleep? You said you backpacked. Does that mean that you guys slept? Yeah, yeah. We, we had one night where we set up camp. We both have like hammock tent things, which is kind of cool. So we're off the ground. But yeah, did it over two days. So it was good to get out with my dad because I don't get to do that enough. Mm. So one good thing that comes out of quarantine or one more good thing. I guess there have been a couple good things. All right. So let's dive into the topic of the day. And this is kind of just centered around mental health in the music business. And that's something that I've wanted to talk about for a little while because it's something that has a special place in my heart personally. And it's a big important topic, I think. So today we're only going to cover one small slice of that big topic, imposter syndrome. And we're starting here because I think it's one of the most common psychological roadblocks out there for a lot of musicians, artists, creatives, professionals, just kind of people in general across industry or, or discipline and stuff like that. I think a lot of people feel this way. And I think most, if not all of us, have been influenced by imposter syndrome at some point in our careers. So first, I want to just go over what imposter syndrome is as a whole. So imposter syndrome is the feeling that you aren't really good enough, that you're unqualified or underexperienced, undereducated, unprepared, or just inadequate in some way in what you're doing. You kind of feel like a fraud or a faker at your job or, or whatever it might be, or, or just an imposter. And you worry that other people are going to figure that out about you. You're going to, somebody important is going to all of a sudden realize that you don't know what the hell you're doing and you don't know what you're talking about. And, and on top of that, you also feel like everybody else around you does know what they're doing and does know what they're talking about more so than you. Jake, have you have you felt any of that before? I know that describes a big part of my feelings about my own skills over the past 
whatever, eight years or something. Yeah, all the time. All the time, especially if you have friends that are in, in doing the same things that, you, that, that you're doing or at least similar things in the same vein all the time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You're always comparing to somebody else, which I mean, we all know isn't good <laughs> that mm-hmm. you shouldn't really compare yourself, but you always do. So why is this such a bad thing, I guess? Because on the surface, it, it seems kind of harmless. It's annoying maybe, but harmless overall is just a feeling that you have. But I think it's not really harmless. And, and it's actually a major problem for productivity for a lot of people, I think, because imposter syndrome is one of the number one ways that I think people make excuses for themselves. They procrastinate, they don't take chances because of it, and then ultimately they don't meet their full potential because they've convinced themselves that they aren't really good enough to be where they are. Like I said, I've, I've felt that way a lot in my career, and I still feel it fairly regularly, if I'm honest, although I deal with it a little bit better now than I used to, I think. Jake, have you ever talked to any other artists or anything about this, about imposter syndrome or, or that feeling? Or have you heard anybody else who said that they felt the same way? Yeah, not about imposter syndrome specifically, but you know about feeling, like you were saying, underqualified, underexperienced, educated, whatever, for sure. I think that's something that comes up a lot if you're friends with if you're a, a an artist and you're friends with other artists, you probably talk about how you feel like that sometimes. I would say, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure it's pretty common to talk about. I, I mean, I've talked to quite a few people about it, and, and to me, it's kind of interesting. And one of the most interesting parts about it is how it seems like everybody, small artists, big artists, band members, people in other disciplines like outside the music industry, it seems like everybody feels it, and. The thing that's weird about that to me is that, of course, they can't all be right. Like, not everybody knows. If I think everybody knows more than me and you think everybody knows more than you and she thinks everybody knows more than her and he thinks everybody knows more than him, like, that doesn't work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, everybody can't know more than everybody else. It's just kind of weird logic. Even though we know everybody else feels the same way, we still feel about ourselves. Like, I still feel that even though... I've known about imposter syndrome as a thing for a while. Really, I think the reason so many people feel like imposters is that there are actually five different types of imposter syndrome that all come from slightly different things. I guess really you could think of it like there are five different types of people who feel imposter syndrome. And each of these five types of people experiences this imposter syndrome in a different way and because of that, I think they require a different strategy for getting past it. So that's that's what I want to do today. Let's go through all five types so that you can kind of figure out which one sounds the most like you. And then after each, we'll give you a strategy for getting past it so you can break through all those barriers that you put up for yourself and achieve everything you ever wanted in life. <laughs> Does that sound good to you, Jake? Oh, yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good to me. That's for sure. All right, so the first type of imposter syndrome sufferer, or I'm, I'm just going to call them imposters for now. The, the first type of imposter is the perfectionist. And the perfectionist is a person who sets extremely high standards for themselves. 
Sometimes they might even set impossibly high standards for themselves. And they feel like if they don't achieve absolute perfection in whatever they're working in, then they're a failure or a fraud, at least in their own mind. So if you're trying to figure out if this is you, there are a couple questions that I think you can ask yourself to see if this sort of applies. So one, are you very detail-oriented? Do you tend to micromanage the things that you work on? Does it upset you to put something out that isn't perfect? Whether that's a song or a mix or a feature on something, whatever that might be. And finally, if someone praises you for something you've done, like a song you wrote or a performance you put on, do you feel like you don't deserve that praise? Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think we're going to get a lot of that response from both of us for this entire episode. So be ready for that. So those are four questions that you can use to to figure this out for yourself and see if you're this type of imposter. I think the perfectionist is probably one of the most common types of, of imposter just because of our culture, at least here in America, I think. Like, we sort of glorify and romanticize perfection. Like, it's everybody wants everything that they do to be perfect. That's something that I think is a a very American thing to strive for perfection. Sure. And I think everybody aspires to be perfect in what they do, even though true perfection, especially when it comes to something like music that's so, so subjective, I think that's pretty much impossible. So when you're this type of person this is where the feeling of inadequacy comes from because perfection is something that you're really not going to achieve all that often. So this type of imposter syndrome is detrimental to your productivity because it's one of the things that will cause you to never finish anything. And we did a whole episode on this. I think it was episode five of the podcast was on being a finisher. Sometimes you just have to call something done even though it isn't perfect, right? We we talked about that, not being able to put the stamp of approval on the end of a song until you have figured everything out. Yeah. So, So how do you get past imposter syndrome if you're a perfectionist? The best way, I think, is to create situations for yourself where it's okay to not be perfect. Like creating a situation where it's okay to fail. So for that, I mean, there are a lot of different ways you could do this, but I would recommend just scheduling time for yourself to practice your craft with no judgment. Like you've made a, a deal with yourself that you're not going to judge anything you do. So if you're if you write songs, schedule an hour or even just a half hour for unfiltered writing. So you sit down, you write with no judgment, and if what you write sucks, I mean, fine or, or great even. Like that's you're doing it right in that case. But I would say you have to save everything you write in these sessions, even though it's not perfect. Like that's part of the imposter syndrome too. You can't like sit down, do this free flowing writing, unfiltered writing, and then at the end, throw it away. That kind of doesn't do you any good. And who knows, like if you do this, you might stumble on something that is going to be useful anyways. And it might even be outside your normal go-to writing style. So if you're this type of person, I would try that. Sit down and just go unfiltered. 
so that's that's just one example. But yeah, Jake, so you said that this is something that you felt applied to you after the questions. So is that something that you've ever tried? Just like, I don't know, speed mixing, if it's mixing that you're talking about or? Speed mixing, I'll do once in a while, especially if a, a client wants something done in like an hour, I'll try to get it sounding the best I possibly can within an hour. But as far as writing, I've tried setting like a time limit and doing the, oh, I'm going to write whatever, like you just said, like whatever in this hour and it's going to come out how it comes out and that's it. And it, I never do it. Like I'll, I'll <laughs> like I'll end up caring too much and then the, the timer will ring off. I'm like, oh, I wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely been in like that same, that same situation. I've tried like for a while I was working on lyric writing. This was a long time ago. And I remember reading that, that you should just like be uninhibited. So I'd like sit down, turn on the timer, write. And as soon as you start doing that and you're thinking in your head, like if something stupid pops in my head, I just have to write it down. Then something stupid pops in your head and you're like, oh, that's too stupid to even bother writing down. Mm -hmm. So I'd get the same thing. It's like really hard to be unfiltered. But I think in that case, just write it down. It doesn't matter if it's super, super stupid. It could be the dumbest thing you've ever heard, but that's kind of the point is to just let that happen and not be perfect. Mm. I don't know. I I come back to that occasionally and try to do it, but I wouldn't consider myself purely a perfectionist style imposter anyways. So we'll get to that at the end. I'll tell you what I feel like I am. All right, so let's go to the second type of imposter, and that is the superhuman. So the superhuman feels like everyone around them is the real deal. And they're the fraud who needs to keep up with everybody else around them by working harder than everybody else. They might also feel like they need to juggle a bunch of tasks at once to prove their worth to everybody around them. So again, we have a couple questions that you can ask yourself to figure out if this is you. So let's go through those. Do you feel like you're wasting time when you're not working? Do you consider your work ethic one of your defining characteristics? Are you the type of person who shows up first and keeps working after everybody else has stopped? And do you feel like you haven't really earned the things that you've achieved, like it's a fluke and not because of your hard work? So there's four more questions. And I don't know, I think this is another one that kind of gets romanticized in our culture. And it's basically what the American dream is all about, right? Like it's work hard, work your hardest, and you can achieve anything you want. You know, that's kind of like drilled into our heads as American children. But but I think you can work too hard too. And that's really where the issue with this type of imposter syndrome comes from. It's that it can make you value the work more than the outcome or the result. You're so focused on working hard for the sake of working, but that doesn't necessarily mean that anything better is going to come out of the extra work that you've done. And I think this is where the phrase or the cliche, I guess, work smarter, not harder comes from and something you've probably heard because working harder doesn't necessarily equal better. But this is actually, I think, one of the types of imposter that's pretty easy to fix. It's a pretty simple fix, although it won't actually be easy to do for a workaholic. Like, this is going to take some discipline. 
But I think the solution is to just schedule yourself some no work time. And Jake, I know you do this because we've talked about it before. And you've mentioned before that you have like a hard cutoff at 8 p.m. where you leave the studio, right? Which uh, we're yep. <laughs> going over right now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. That one's my fault. But look how dedicated Jake is, everybody. He's going against his own rules for you. So he could be here for you. <laughs> but yeah, is is that kind of where that came from? Like you feel like you're wasting time if you're not working or something? Yeah, I feel like I'm wasting time if I'm not working. I feel guilty if I'm not working. I scheduled that time for my mental health because if I just sit down here, my studio is in a basement in a house, so there's no natural light. So for five years, six years almost, I've been just down here all day, every day in the cave, dude. <laughs> and I, and so I would, I would work weekends. I would work nights all the time and never leave myself time for like me and like care about like to take care of myself you know what i mean right yeah like i'd wake up and i'd have clients call me yo i'm in the driveway like okay <laughs> time to work okay you know what i mean like so where am i going with this is it's important for your mental health that's what this whole thing is is setting those cutoff times and why i did it was for that reason so i would have time to take care of myself to have time to like play call of duty or like not that i was structured before but i was just jam-packed yeah at all times and I also wanted to add, you were saying here that working harder doesn't necessarily get you a better result. And myself and two of my friends were having this conversation like a couple of days ago where we were discussing like loops and midi packs and like all the stuff that's like readily available for, for all producers and artists and stuff like that. And one of them said, you know, I think that's, I feel like loops are kind of cheating. And the other one said, he's like, that's cool that you think that, but there's a 15 year old in this bedroom that's going to smoke you right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like, if you don't get with the, the with the wave, you know what I and mean? You're like, trying to like recreate everything on your own. Yeah. Like no one's going to pat you on the back for, for making this all on your own. Like do it the fastest way possible that sounds good to you, like that you're comfortable with and use loops if you want to. Like if you like loops, you like loops. Like there's no right. shame in using loops because a 15 year old is going to get, you seen that little kid, his name is something, I forget his name. He's something, the bassist. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm blanking on his name right now too, but yeah, yeah. I have. But you know what I mean? It's like yep. these kids are growing up with iPads and stuff now. They're going to know what's up <laughs> <laughs> just because you want to make your own little guitar loops and you know, whatever, even with the outboard gear and stuff like that. Now it's like, dude, it's changing. Like yep. we're probably going to see a change in, I'm getting off topic here, but we're probably going <laughs> to see a change in the way we consume music, like within the next little bit. Next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what you were saying, even like about the little kid being able to make a better beat or whatever, because they're using loops. Like, I feel like that kind of ties into imposter syndrome too, because you're feeling like, I don't know what type of imposter that would be. Maybe we'll see at the end after we go through all five of them. But like, if you're feeling like you're a faker, if you're not making your own loops and stuff mm -hmm. like that, like that's, that's kind of comes down to imposter syndrome too. For me, I was like that for me, not that I would make my own loops, but I mean, I would like play guitar parts or whatever. And I would program drums or whatever, but for me, it was like a pride thing. And I don't know why, because I used to use MIDI all the time, but it's like, if I can, then why shouldn't I? And yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to be seen as being lazy, but like, that's just the way of the times, dude. Everything is samples now. 
Yeah, I think that, yeah, that really is like the superhuman imposter syndrome, I think, like a good example of it overall. Mm. What's up, guys? This is Jake Mannix. As some of you may know, I am vegetarian and Kobe himself is vegan. So we eat a lot of fake meats, imposter meats, some may say. But that doesn't mean that Kobe and I are imposters. We are in fact real ones just like you. And like a real one, you should go leave us a five-star screaming review on Apple Podcasts. Let's move on to the next type of imposter, and that is the genius. And the genius feels like they need to be naturally good at everything that they do. Like if they if they aren't naturally good at it, then they feel like a failure. So to this type of imposter, it feels like everybody around them is just straight up talented and gifted, and that's why they're able to achieve all the things that they've done and the genius is almost the opposite of the superhuman, I think, in that way, because they feel like if they have to work hard at anything, then it means that they aren't good enough and they feel like they're somehow flawed. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's sort of like the opposite of working all the time. A genius doesn't want to have to work. I mean, overall, a genius sounds like a good thing, like everybody wants to be a genius, but I, I think there are some detrimental things there too. So if you're, if you're wondering whether you're a genius, <laughs> you should ask yourself these questions. Do you gravitate towards things that come naturally to you and avoid things that don't come easily? Were you always labeled as the talented or the smart kid growing up? When things get hard, is it a blow to your confidence? Are you used to getting what you want or have you never been rejected before in your life for whatever work you do? So maybe a lot of those characteristics sound like good things, actually. Like if you <laughs> were labeled as talented or a smart kid growing up, that seems like a, a good thing. The issue is that if you give up whenever you encounter something that you aren't naturally good at, you're going to give up at a lot of things because nobody's good at everything. And really, to be truly great at something, you're going to have to put in some work, whether you are naturally gifted or not. So you might be a naturally good singer, for example, and you can just sing in tune. Your voice is just naturally pleasing. But to be a really great singer, you're going to have to put some work into it anyways. You're going to need to practice, to build more control, be more expressive or emotional in your singing. There is always going to be something that you can improve if you work at it. So you need to be willing to work at those things. And a genius isn't going to be, a genius form of imposter, I should say, isn't going to be willing to, to work at those things or isn't going to enjoy working at those things. So the solution for this type of imposter is also pretty straightforward. You just need to put yourself out of your comfort zone. You have to do things that you aren't naturally good at because that's what a genius imposter doesn't like to do. So learn a new skill, work through all the bad stuff, and, and go until you get good at it through practice. That's really the main solution. So if you're, if you're naturally good at writing instrumentals, for example, but you're struggling with melodies and lyrics, then write a bunch of top lines, even if they're bad, just like with the, the previous type. 
you have to just kind of go for it and put in that practice and put in that work, even though it doesn't feel natural to you. So, I mean, is that one, that one resonates with me to a certain extent. Do you feel any of that? Or is that maybe not one that fits in with you so much? Not really. Just because I, I never feel like the genius. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think that's necessarily the point. It's more like you don't like to try anything that you're not good at. For me, that's been a, a big thing. Like with music, I was always like fairly decent at it. I didn't have to work super, super hard yeah. to to do most of the things. Up to a point, I did start having to work at it a whole lot more, but just kind of starting out, like it came kind of naturally. So that's what I gravitate towards. Same with running, like when I was doing shorter distances, I wasn't really all that good at it. So I kind of dropped off of it in college and didn't really run. And then I discovered long, long distance running uh, and trail running after college, which I somehow seemed to be kind of naturally good at. Like I didn't have to work as hard as I thought I would to like do well in races. So again, that's like the kind of thing that I gravitate towards, even though I gave up another form of running. So that one definitely, I don't know. I feel that one a little bit. I wouldn't say it's my biggest type of imposter though. So the fourth type of imposter is the soloist. And the soloist feels like if they can't do something themselves, then they're a failure. So this is the type of person that would avoid asking for help and they might even turn down help if it's offered to them, even if it's if they need it. <laughs> they feel like they need to prove that they can do it alone. So this is the classic dad who refuses to ask for directions. Like, <laughs> I don't know if he's feeling like an imposter when he does that, but uh, well, I guess maybe he feels like he's not a, I don't know, a real dad. <laughs> <laughs> so in the music business, this might be the person who insists on writing, performing, recording, mixing, mastering, they have to feel like they, they do everything on their own and they don't let anybody else into that that process. I know as a mix engineer, <laughs> I've seen a lot of people, I've been frustrated by a lot of people who feel that way. Oh yeah. <laughs> the f- that want to like micromanage the song you're saying? Not even micromanage, but they just, they don't want to hire somebody to mix or they don't want to hire somebody to record. They just kind of like insist on doing it themselves as if if they were to let somebody else into the process, it would mean that they were not as good. Okay, I see what you're saying. Like they wouldn't hire you to mix because they're going to mix it themselves or otherwise right, right, they right. suck. <laughs> so again, we have some questions that you can ask yourself to see if you're a soloist. And they are, do you feel strongly that you don't need anybody's help to be successful? Is the idea of being a self-made success really important to you? Do you get annoyed when people offer to help you? And finally, do you feel better requesting things on behalf of the project or on behalf of another person rather than requesting it for yourself? So why is this one an issue? So being a soloist, I think, can really get in the way of making the best end product. That's kind of like the situation I was describing before. And, and again, this kind of comes with a, a classic phrase or cliche that's uh, a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Like, nobody can be the best at everything that they do. So insisting that you handle everything yourself 
means that the end product probably won't be the best it can be, right? Like if we're talking about an artist, there are exceptions to this, obviously, but for most artists, like you're not going to be the best at writing songs, the best at performing songs, also the best at recording, mixing your songs, mastering your songs. Like chances are you're going to be really good at one and not great at the others or, or some combination of good and okay on a bunch of things. You know, you're not going to be perfect on all of them. Right. And I would say to those types of people who feel that way, like asking for help doesn't expose you as a fraud. It really just shows that you're aware of your strengths and weaknesses and we all have strengths and weaknesses. So it's kind of a a self-aware thing to do to be able to say, I'm not going to do this the justice that it deserves. So I'm going to delegate and pass that on to somebody else. Is that one that you feel at all, Jake? This is one that doesn't really resonate with me at all. It resonates with with me 100%. Aside from writing, aside from writing the music, because that portion, I'm like, okay, I really don't like some of the lyrics I come up with. So let me, and some of the melodies, so let me work with some people that I know are better than, gotcha. than, than me or that I like what they do. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess even aside from like the writing and everything, you're probably one of the the few people who <laughs> can actually do like the right perform record mix so i guess that part of it I'll doesn't really it. apply I'll to take you it. Yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> you do a good job on all of those so thank you. what i said earlier wasn't completely accurate but you've got to be jake mannix no <laughs> there's i'm sure there's plenty russ <laughs> yeah yeah there are a lot of a lot of people out there so But I think also what you just mentioned about how one part that doesn't really apply to you, I think that's actually the solution to this type of imposter syndrome is that you you can collaborate on what you do. Just collaborate, find collaborators, give up some of the control. So if it's writing, like you said, if you're feeling like uh, lyrics aren't your biggest strength, then you let go of that little bit of control and, and get some help from somebody who really does lyrics well, where it is their thing. And we did a whole episode on this one too, episode 12 with Brandon. And in that, we kind of showed that you can make something that no single person could have made on their own by collaborating. It's a great way to go about songwriting. I think we really kind of covered that at length in that episode. But even aside from writing, you you can collaborate on other things too, I think. Like if you're a drummer, you can learn new techniques from another drummer. You could ask their advice on what gear they use, what cymbals, drum heads, or or advice on the setup, how you arrange the kit and stuff like that. So just be open to accept help and don't feel like you have to do everything on your own. All right, so on to the fifth and final type of imposter, and that is the expert. The expert feels like they don't know enough. They don't have the right skills. They don't have enough experience yet, or they don't have the right gear, etc. They feel like they, they don't have everything they need yet to get the job done right. And they feel like everyone around them is more qualified than they are. So that's kind of what we were talking about earlier, Jake, where like if you're an artist and you're friends with lots of artists, it's really easy to compare yourself and then feel inadequate because of that. You're assuming that everyone around you is more qualified or more experienced or more knowledgeable than you are. 
So again, we've got some questions that you can ask yourself to see if this sounds like you. So do you feel like you're too small of an artist to have fans or a career? Do you worry that you don't have the right gear to be a professional? Are you self-conscious about your knowledge when it comes to music or gear? Do you avoid pitching your music or skills because you assume you'll be rejected anyways due to your lack of experience? So if any of those four things sound like you, then you might be partially an expert variety of imposter. And I think this is another type of imposter syndrome that's super, super common, kind of like the perfectionist. And, and this is one, I, there's actually a great graphic out there to show what this feels like, to kind of give an image of what this feels like. And I'll put this up in the show notes for the episode on our website. And it's basically two Venn diagrams. So like the two or more overlapping circles. You remember those from like elementary school or whatever? Oh yeah. Big fan, <laughs> big fan over here. <laughs> yeah. So basically this graphic shows two Venn diagrams and on the left is a section for how you perceive your knowledge compared to everybody else. And that one shows your knowledge as like a little small circle and it's completely inside surrounded by a large circle that represents other people's knowledge. So I guess in other words, to interpret that, you think that other people know what you know plus more. Then there's the right side with another Venn diagram. And this one shows your knowledge as one circle and then other people's knowledge as a bunch of other circles that are the same size as yours. And they all overlap a little bit in some places, but not in others. And really, this is just to show that other people know some things that you don't know and you know some things that they don't know. It's all kind of even in the end. We all have overlapping knowledge in some areas and different knowledge in other areas. That was kind of a complex explanation. And if you didn't understand that description of the diagrams, it's kind of hard to put into words. Just go to the post for this episode on our website, selfsignedartist.com, and hopefully then it'll make sense what I just said, what I was talking about. This one resonates a lot with me, I would say, and it's one of the things that I've talked about in an earlier episode two, episode four, about starting, where I kind of always feel like I need to research something, whether it's a piece of gear or how to do something like for this podcast. It took me a long time to start. Is that something that you do as well? We talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Expert resonates with me so, so much, so <laughs> much. Because I I don't like pitching my music. I don't like pitching my skills. I don't even like talking about it. Like I get, it gives me anxiety to talk about either of those things with anyone. Like the other day I was with, I, I don't remember where I was. Someone put my music on in front of other people. And they're like, yeah, Jake makes great music. And I'm like, yo, shut that off, dude. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So to the point of that, even, even showing other people the new music. Yeah. Yeah, entirely. That one expert, that's on me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a lot of musicians are going to feel that about expert because if you're self-conscious about showing something, it means that you feel like you're an amateur or something, like you don't know enough about songwriting for other people to enjoy what you wrote. Yeah, so I think that's going to be a common sentiment <laughs> across all of our listeners. 
but this is another one that you can do some things to get around. So how do you get around expert variety of imposter syndrome? Again, I mentioned this earlier, this kind of comes back to episode four that we did in this podcast, which is about just starting. So to get around the expert imposter syndrome feeling, just start where you are. You're never going to know everything that you could possibly need, and you'll never have everything that you could possibly need to do something to the best of your ability. So when that happens, you just have to kind of MacGyver it and, and make do with what you've got. Do people do people know what MacGyver is? Is that? I think you should give them a, a <laughs> okay, refresher yeah. course because I feel like some might not. Yeah, it might be a, a somewhat out there reference. So basically MacGyver is a character in this like corny but kind of awesome TV show from the 80s. So he's like, he's got a great mullet and he's an expert at doing this, making do with what he has. So he'll find himself like, I don't know, locked in a warehouse by terrorists, strapped to a bomb, and he'll find a way to free himself, disable the bomb, escape, using just like a stick of gum and a bandana or something stupid and crazy like that. So that's kind of the point here. You have to be able to get yourself out of the situations with whatever small little thing you have. So be more like MacGyver and you won't feel like the expert type of imposter anymore. I think some people would say like fake it till you make it as a response to this one, but I don't really like that saying actually because I think it kind of feeds into this idea of being an imposter, faking it until you're making it. So if you do something with what you have, then I would say you didn't really fake it. You know what I mean? Like you actually did it. Yeah. You just did it without the things that you thought you needed. Right. So yeah, I don't think that phrase really lines up as well as people might think with this one. So this would be like, to give an example of this, if you wanted to write a pop song, but you're you're really only experienced in rock music or some other genre, just write the pop song. You don't need to learn everything about pop music, listen to all the pop music in the world, before you start, like you're not gonna be able to do that. So again, this we talked about this in episode four. So if you feel like this type of imposter, you should go back and listen to that episode on being a starter. So there you go. That's all five types of imposter syndrome and strategies for getting past each one. So I know we kind of went through one at a time, Jake, and there were a couple that resonated with you, but now that we've kind of heard all five, which ones would you say resonated with you the most? Do I have to pick a single one? No, no, you can spread it out. Okay. Every single one except for three. <laughs> <laughs> three being genius? <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I had to pick one, if I had to pick a single one to really just pinpoint it out, I would say four. I'm going to say four. Soloist? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the ones that doesn't really I don't I don't feel that one quite as much. I, I'd say for me, expert is probably the primary one. And and then genius a little bit also. Mainly just the part about gravitating towards things that come naturally and that I don't really have to work at. And also that when things get hard, that's kind of the blow to my confidence. It, it makes me upset to have to work too, too hard or focus or dig in too, too much on something. And then I'd say the last one that kind of, there are a couple things that I feel is superhuman. Mostly just the feeling that like, if I'm not working, 
that I'm wasting my time and that I, I should be doing something more productive. So yeah, th these are all things that I'm constantly still working on for myself. I'm sure you are, Jake. I'm sure a lot of us are, are, are working on this constantly. So it's something that I think is important to be aware of. You should be aware of your imposter syndrome and which types tend to manifest for you because then you're going to know what causes it. And if you know where it comes from and what effect it has on you, then you can do a better job at making those adjustments to get past and meet your full potential. So for, for you, Jake, like one of the ones you did is setting that hard cutoff time that we're breaking right now. Doing, doing those things takes some level of awareness about yourself and what your tendencies are. So go through all those questions and, and try to pick a few for yourself that, that really resonate. I hope that this has taught you something about yourself today and allowed you to feel better about yourself and your work, to improve your mental health just that, that little bit more. Imposter syndrome is real. It's a real thing. But it all comes down to your mindset, really, in the end. It's something that you can change without too, too much effort. So when you get that feeling that you aren't good enough or you feel the compulsion to compensate for your shortcomings in some way, just think back to this episode and, and put all these strategies into practice. Try and figure out what is going on with you at this moment and, and do something to, to fix it. If you like this kind of mindset or psychology type episode, let us know. You can subscribe to Self Sign Artist on whatever platform you're listening on. And please do us a favor and leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That's really where you have to go to leave those. Preferably a five-star rating, please. Also, if you haven't done so yet, go join the Self Sign Community Group. It's a page on Facebook. So go sign up for that. And let us know there which of the five imposter syndrome types you resonate with the most, if any. Maybe you're one of the lucky people who doesn't feel any of these. Be interested to talk to you about that too. And finally, I'll leave you with this. You are not an imposter. You're the real deal. The real deal. The genuine article. A true professional. So go make music and be proud of what you do. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Self-Signed Artist. Oh. <clears throat> Peace. <laughs>